Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low tonight We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow, you are the first team episode 24, season 4 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast My name's Jav, joining me this week, David Fornell Good afternoon And back again, Greg Taylor from Brazil to the mundo. Right, North London is ours, gentlemen. Um, what a what a convincing vi- victory! Has there ever been a North London derby that has been so one-sided and so seemingly easy? Last season was quite easy, wasn't it? Last I season, think well, we that's true. Last season, that that was true. Okay, um, I think we said the same then as well. Yeah, I felt. I felt yesterday. I mean, the, the score line probably would suggest otherwise. If, if you if you didn't watch, if you if, you know, if you, if you landed on planet Earth and 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 hadn't watched the game um, and just looked at the score score line, the score line would suggest otherwise. But um, I think we, we were in control for for large parts of that game. Yeah, you'd be right, Greg. Last season at White Hart Lane, the penultimate home match of the season, that that was quite easy as well. Um, yeah, this was a 1-0 thrashing. It was a 1-0 thrashing that got very nervy towards the end of the game. We'll, we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, David, you were there. Um, thoughts on, on the performance? Um, I thought we were very considered, very, very organised. Um, we went through the first half, I wouldn't say dominating it. Arsenal pushed and puffed and puffed a bit. Um, Wenger uh, mentioned by half time that they were they controlled the game which is entirely delusional they didn't do anything of the sort um, and we, we, they didn't test Lloris until the 65th minute but that second half we were building we were getting stronger and, and Arsenal if they got anything about them should have come with us at that stage they didn't but we did got the goal and then the Almost the floodgates opened. I mean, we should have had three or four more comfortably, comfortably, and I should have put the game to bed. And as you say, Jeff, when you're one nil up, you're always allowing just one little mistake, um, which we almost had there when Sanchez didn't realise that uh, I think it was a was it a Bamingham got behind him, yep. um, you know, and, and went bang one all, which would have been a travesty of justice. Uh, but is it our most? Um, but you're right. Right, Greg, it's a, probably what is as a one niller, but um, I think we could say so if we did get the three or four. I think you would say that's the most one side that I can remember uh, in my days. That's for sure. Greg, at, at, at the start of the season, the the narrative, if I can say that word, I know that John Steggles loves the use of that word. <laughs> the narrative was that um, uh, there was a Wembley curse. And then we moved away from a Wembley curse to not being able to teams, not being not being able to beat teams that the part of the bus. Yeah, we 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 could do it against the likes of um, 
Liverpool or Dortmund or Real, but you know we couldn't we couldn't do it against the likes of West Brom and and various others, and we couldn't do it on a consistent basis. Um, just to put things in context, this is since um, since the beginning of April. In fact, sorry, since the end of November, when when we drew to West Brom, we've won pretty much every game at home um, in all competitions. So we beat Applewell, we've beaten convincingly Stoke and Brighton. Um, Southampton again thrashed them on, on Boxing Day. All right, we, we drew to West Ham. Um, we beat Newport and Wimbledon in the FA Cup, um, and then United and now Arsenal. Um, it, it's I joked a few I joked a few weeks ago and, and referred to Wembley as a fortress, but it, fair to say it's one. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I didn't subscribe to that narrative anyway um, because the way we've been developing. I wasn't worried so much. I mean, I knew that Wembley could make a difference, but I had faith in uh, the quality of the players that we had, most of them anyway. And but more than that, the, co- the cohesiveness. I mean, we, are, we really are a fine-tuned unit. Everybody plays for everybody else. I mean, like, like Harry said in that Tribune article, he dreams of holding up the league the league uh, trophy, the Premier League trophy, with his mates, not with his colleagues or his workmates, with his mates. And I think that that is one of the driving forces behind us now. Um, so as I say, I, I, in fact, before the match, I wasn't even nervous, um, which made me nervous, if that makes any sense. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as, as for the match... You know, I I knew we'd have a strong bench. Um, bit surprised Toby wasn't there, but I understand why Poch didn't play him. Um, you know, he's he's only just done 90 minutes back from injury. Um, I, I I agree with with, with you two. Um, we're on top most of the time. A few scares. Um, I think Davis. Oh, I mean, a lot of people expected it to be um, Aurier. And Rose, because it was Arsenal, but it was it was Davis and Trippier. And at the beginning of the season, I wasn't particularly worried by Davis and if Davis and Trippier play because you know I, I think they're they're playing really well. But the last three games, I think they've been in for for Man United, Liverpool, and Arsenal, haven't they? And they, and they've acquitted themselves really well. Um, yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> Um, the game, I I think they can thank Peter Cech. Yeah, it wasn't so much our bad finishing; it's just that Peter Cech saved them on three or four occasions. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, there were some stunning saves there, weren't there? Mm-hmm. I mean, that Ericsson oh, yeah. free kick. I don't know how he got that one out. It was a tremendous free kick. Um, and there were one or two other occasions. I think Trippier at the far post at volley. I know it was oh, sort of that. straight at him. But, <laughs> you know, goodness me. But funny, that the goal, we were, they were trying to get almost around the back of them with, with wide men um, to get crosses in. But in the end, it's, it's, a, it's an area that I like to see us get more crosses from. And it's deeper. Well, we got the goal from Davis, who's yeah. not, so not quite with the eight, about 20 yards further back from the byline 
but getting a what we call an early crossing, um, which makes it very difficult for, for Czech to come out for. And um, the next one, again, when Kane really was is an absolute sitter, when he, he, in fact, he stooped for the header, didn't he, in the end, and put it wide by about an inch. That came from the same area, the opposite side of Trippier, that early cross. Yeah. So rather than messing around, trying to get it right out wide, and get to almost the corner flag before you get the cross in, don't worry about it. Bring it back, change the angle, get another cross in. And that reaped rewards yesterday. Really did. There could have been two goals mm. just from that. I think one thing that, that there's a question later on in the running order about about the, the, the full-backs and who Pochettino should pick against Juventus and, and we'll address that as and when. Um, one thing those two full-backs have got is good crossing ability. Um, obviously, Trippier's crossing ability has been well-documented, but I think Davis, um, for me, in terms of his final delivery, I think, I think he's better than Danny Rose. Uh, and the cross that he put in for... Kane's goal was superb. Um, it was just, as you say, David. It was a, it was an early cross, but it found its found its man. Um, it was whipped in, had a bit of curl. Um, it was good. Um, and Kane's goal was reminiscent of his his headed goal against um, Woolwich three years ago when when we well yeah. when we beat them two one the the winner. Um, yeah, superb goal. Um, just on the fullbacks, one thing that um, was noticeable in the game. Was the amount of space that Trippier had on the right-hand side, um, yep. but also the amount of space that Bellerin had as well for them on their yep. on their right-hand side. Yep. Um, I think that bless him, Ben Davis. I think he didn't get as much help perhaps from Son, and often he was he was ex- exposed quite a bit. Um, and it's yep. for- fortunate that Bellerin, when he did have the ball, was quite wasteful with it. Well, one of the problems I think with both both set up um, the same. Uh, lineup, so they had the four four, uh, sorry four five one, um, but it was very evident Arsenal were very wary of the likes of uh, Ali and Ericsson dropping off from that back line quickly, coming in between the lines and taking a pass between the you know between the players between the midfielders, and they went very compact and tried to not leave a space between the two midfielders so consequently they were going narrow and we were sort of replicating that we were staying narrow we, our full backs would only go out once the ball had gone out and then they'd go out and shut it but you're right I mean I kept looking at anything and thinking, oh geez, they've got too much space there they've got time and frankly Arsenal didn't use it they never used it at all very poor for the amount of space they had but that was that was the issue but Spurs didn't suffer that so much in the second half but they were Arsenal were very, very wary of us doing that because that's what we're very good at that pinged pass through the midfield and straight into the feet of Ali and Eriksson who very quickly turned and then little ball on the shoulder of Kane with a turn that's what he was looking for I think a, I think a big difference is that um, that we seem to have this it's not just a an ability but it's almost like it's planned we step up a gear in the second half we did it against liverpool and we did it did it today uh not today we did it yesterday as well i mean the first half i wouldn't say it was even but they they weren't parking the bus but they were driving it around you know <laughs> um and then in the second the second half we just thought okay that's enough of that we're not going to mess around anymore and that's when we really started battering them. And we did the same against Liverpool. Um, and this seems to be something that a lot of teams can't do. And that's going to put us in really good stead 
for the run in towards the end of the season, I think, because we've still got gas. We have, and I think that, that fitness plays a large part on that. And in terms of, you know, the in the summer, dur- during the pre- this makes me laugh every season. So uh, we know different come this summer. So we have a pre-season. We play whoever we play. We don't particularly get great results. Um, and fans throw a wobbly and complain, um, like as if pre-season results matter. And by the way, when, when we do win the odd match, it, that, should, that shouldn't, shouldn't read too much into that either as well d- during pre-season. Our pre-season, the whole emphasis, well, all, all clubs, the whole emphasis is on getting players sharp and, and, and match fit and ready for, for the season ahead. With us, yeah. particularly with the way that Pochettino... Um, has got them set up. He runs them into the ground. He gets them really working hard. But the upshot is that later on in the season, um, they've got the stamina to you know, keep going and keep going and have that gas in the engine, as you say, Greg. But also, not just over the course of the season, but within the course of course of course of the ninety. Coupled with that, we've got players now coming. Everybody, I think, is available from injury. Yeah, and ready for selection. When's the I, last time we had that? I think you've got to go go back eighteen months, almost two years towards the end of the 2015-16 season before um, Delhi and Moose got those bands at the end of that of that uh, season uh, after, uh, yes. after Battle of the Bridge Battle of the Bridge and I think Delhi, Delhi got his <laughs> um, his suspension in the West Brom game preceding that I don't, yeah. re- don't recall us having too many injuries that season we were quite blessed with injuries and that season I know we had Ian out for a while um, but he came back um, but last season we had obviously Lamella and and Danny Rose Kane out injured for quite a bit, so that, all of that's going to help with the running. Um, questions, comments from listeners around the game. John Steggles, um, he mentioned last week on the, on the podcast that he was um, in Disneyland of all, play, all places. Um, John says got to the sports bar and they had the ladies rugby on. Had to sit had to sit down and refresh Twitter for 90 minutes. The last few minutes were nerve-shredding. Conor Mineto. Um, Ericsson was not the most influential player in this match, but is this match the end of the rid- ridiculous comparisons to Ozil? Ozil was a ghost on the pitch. No defensive work, no offensive work, absolutely absent completely. Ericsson was at least sprinting ar- around, turning their attack backwards and helping the defence so I can't I think he's, he's got a point in the sense that I can't recall Ericsson doing too much from a attacking point of view I'm not saying that he didn't I just that there isn't anything that stands out in my mind but I, I do remember him tracking back and working hard and I don't think that's a side of his game he gets credit for often fans are quick to um criticise Ericsson I've seen it on social media I've seen it at the ground it's annoying when they say or go in for a tackle don't you know don't don't um pull out of a challenge that that sort of thing um but he really works his socks off and that was so self-evident yesterday um and as for Ozil and by the way Mkhitaryan um what a waste of money the pair of them yeah well it was on that showing wasn't it I agree with you Jab that um I looked at that yesterday and Ericsson, he pushed on, the ball broke, and he came racing back to, to pick up his man wide. He really put some hard yards in. And I and I think he's probably, I haven't looked at the stats, but I bet he covered more ground than any other player yesterday. I, 
I'm pretty certain of it. Yeah, he didn't he didn't have any telling key passes yesterday, but I sense still that he makes Spurs tick mainly. Ali does his little trick. He's great, comes off, and he did you know a few yesterday. Um, it'll flick through the legs again. That's what he does. It'll move on. But Ericsson, he gets the ball. He, he shows nice and early. He picks it up lays a ball brings it back but he did no key passes so yes he didn't stand out and maybe people won't say always oh, man of the match and Kane got it because of that well what was it? one of the goals of the season in my in my book but uh, yeah Ericsson was tremendous yesterday well I, I I think what's what's happened is that Ericsson has finally finally realized how good he is because I mean these people who say he doesn't tackle he is doing that a lot more now and something that I noticed recently anyway, I think towards the end of last season, he seems to have got faster. Quite often, as you use the word sprint, quite often he, he really does sprint, yeah. um, which he wasn't doing maybe a couple of seasons ago. Um, and yeah, he's definitely the puppeteer. Definitely the puppeteer. But fortunately now, um, we can give him a rest sometimes, depending on the opposition, of course, because we, we've got people like, like Lamella, who is also yes. a puppeteer. Um, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Lucas Mora will do. Because he's he's a, a, he's a very good player. It's just that whatever, whatever team you're in, if they suddenly buy Neymar and then bring in Mbappe on loan, that's your place gone. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he'll do because I, I, I think he could add another dimension to us. Yes. Yeah, no doubt. It's, a, it's another option, isn't it? Simple as that. Yeah. I, I, bet, I bet yesterday, I bet yesterday was so strong, it made me think of, I think it was the, the cup final against Chelsea, wasn't it? When they had people like Eden Hazard on the on the bench. Yeah. You know, we, we knew, going into that match, when we saw their bench, we knew that, you know, if we, if we couldn't get away from them, we were stuffed. Um, yeah. And our bench is coming up really strong now. Yeah. Well, you had a bench that didn't consist of Lorente. Okay, I know he's probably not fans' favourite at the moment, um, but he's still a name. Um, Winks, um, who for me earlier this season was superb, and Alavarold. And yeah. then yeah. And they didn't even make the bench. And then you've got the players who did, who were there. I think Carl Walker-Peters also, you could add to that. He wasn't on the bench. Um, we do have a lot... I said this before, um, countless times on the podcast. I, I think we've got a l- once we've got everybody fit and available, we do have we do have strength and depth. Yeah. Um. Question. Uh, comment from Mark Stoll. Can anyone recall a more dominant performance in a North London derby for us? Um, I think we sort of touched upon that at the beginning. Yeah, we've done that. Um, yeah. Another one from Conor Minetto. So they gave the man of the match, as I understand it, to Carrie Kane. Agree or disagree? Conor says, for me, it has to be Musa or Jan, but I can't decide between <laughs> without rewatching. It's got to be Musa Dembele, surely. It was for me. I mean, I, I, I just love, when he's on song, I just love watching him. It's, it's, like, it's like going to a show and watching a, an elite dancer. He just dances and glides past the opposition as if they're not there. Um, I'm sure we're going to see him on Strictly when he when he retires because if we don't, it's it's an injustice. Because he, I, I just love watching him weave his way around the pitch. Mm. He's fantastic, and he was my man of the match for yesterday. Mm. 
Well, I think what, the fact that we can't pick one out shows what a, a, a really good team performance it is. Um, and it is difficult to pick them out. Can you reverse that around? Can you think of a player you'd say he didn't have a good game? And I can't think of one. No. no. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I think Debello for me was mm. probably just nicked it. But I mean, Kane will always get that uh, likelihood when he scores the only goal of the game. And yet again against Arsenal, he, he seems to he, he wish he plays him every week. <laughs> what, wasn't the official man of the match Peter Cech? Which says something, doesn't I, it? Yeah, I thought it was Harry Kane, but I, I don't know. I thought I've seen I, various reports saying it was it was Peter Check. Do you know what? No, I, th- no, I, I, I thought his kicking was quite suspect. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I mean, no, I mean for his for his saves. For his saves, yeah, yeah. but just I, I just thought that stopping them, um, letting a hat a hat fall in. Yeah, yeah. Um... Darren, uh, similar sort of question. Darren Pamanta, Dembele at his best again, man of the match for me. And Sanchez was quality, showing great character after his shaky performance at Liverpool. Who stood out most for you? Um, yeah, I think pretty much we've all read Dembele. Was it's funny because he he played really well against Everton at home, and then he had those two games: um, Southampton away, Newport away, which he wasn't. At the top of his game, but then I think I thought last week against Liverpool, he played well. He played okay, and I thought he was superb again yesterday. Um, and he's starting to show that he can. His fit, his fitness levels seem to be up there at the moment, um, and I think mm. having him fit and available. As much as I like Harry Winks. Um, if Dembele is fit and available and playing like that, he's he's got to be one of the first names on on on, on the team sheet. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's got the X factor, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's probably the most underrated player in the Premier League. I mean, we know how good he is, but other other players, other other um, teams fans, they don't really realise until they play him. He's just got. Such a good engine on him. The way he just drops his shoulder, can go past players. Um, he's relentless, and he can keep the above all. He can keep the ball. He's great in possession, um, and I think he he I mean, makes he makes things tick. Really, I mean, his dribbling is Messi esque, but unfortunately, whereas Messi would carry on and towards the, the the goal and score a goal, he doesn't do that. He's he's a bit. Goal shy, isn't he? He doesn't take many shots. Well, he had a shot yesterday. He did. Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't have many. We have to be honest. No, but I think no. what, what he does very well, I think I think often fans, because of the few screamers he has scored, um, I think against Anderlecht a few years ago and, and Leon, um, he hasn't called that many for us, um, but he's, he's, he's scored a few screamers. And, and at Fulham, by all accounts, when he was younger, he played... <coughs> He was much more of an offensive midfield player. In fact, I think he even start, started, yeah. started off as, uh, um, as a striker um, when, when he was playing, um, I think, for a the Dutch team, um, AZ is it Alkmaar. Anyway, um, yes. it's an expectation amongst fans that that's what he should be doing. But actually, I think that his best position is sitting alongside a, whether it's a Dyer or Wanyama, in front of the in front yeah. of the back four and providing that transition from defence to attack 
and then getting the ball I- to Ericsson or whoever else to then, um, you know, put that telling pass into um, Kane or, or, or Delhi or Son. I'd, I'd agree with you there. Um, okay, John Stiggles, um what will their excuse be for that shit performance? And then he commented a bit later. There you go. Loads of posts claiming 2-1 on aggregate. How sad. Um, yeah, there was a lot of that on social media. There, there was a lot of Arsenal fans saying, well, we're still the bigger club in North London. Um, we, we beat them 2-1 on aggregate. Um, as if it's a, a two-legged tie or something like that. Um, I don't think not that I really care about them but you know they're seven points behind us I, I can't see them see them finishing in the top four to be honest I can't see them finishing above um, us a lot of them are saying that that when Kane went up for the ball he was pushing down on the shoulders of of Kosensky or however you say his name but Wenger actually saw something for once and he said it wasn't a foul but yeah it was a defeat they're, they're blaming Wenger. They're, I mean, it's another, it's another, um, what's the expression? Well, this isn't the right expression, but it's another hammer to hit him with, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, question from a Harold Kane. Should that be <laughs> the end of hope for Woolwich, Wait, for the Woolwich mob to even consider t- top four finish? Yeah. Pretty yes. much. Yep. Yeah. Um, Inclusive, um, Conor Manetto, another one from him. He's back. Go on. Go for it. Something about what you just said. Um, I've seen some of the Arsenal fan TV, and I think Ty, I think it was Ty, who was uh, he was asked if Arsenal could still make top four, and his answer was like mathematically yes. Realistically, we're playing for fifth place now. Yeah. So I think most of them probably have given up, although they won't admit it. Do you know what really concerns me is the fact that they're, that they're in a cup final. I think I think they'll lose to City, but you know. Um, yeah, me too. And uh, for for a moment, I was going to say, are they still in the FA Cup? And I, my mind had completely gone blank, but then I remembered Nottingham Forest. <laughs> um, the Europa, the Europa, the Europa League. If they win that, they could qualify for the Champions League. I mean, United yeah, did it last season. Yeah. I know, that's, that's, that's got to be their focus, isn't it? That's mm. got to be their focus. They've actually got a lot of a lot of tough games still to go, Arsenal have. Um, they've got a lot of top sides to play. So it's going to prove very interesting over the coming um, weeks. You know, I went, I went through the fixture list um, earlier. Uh, it's sort of too difficult for me to remember, but uh, all the, the top sides are, are playing each other. We've still got, as you say, Chelsea on the 1st of April, and we're still um, away, which I, I fancy with you, and, and we've got uh, home to Man City. And again, that's going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to that one, what we can actually um, turn out against them, and I'm sure it's going to be a cracking game. But Arsenal at home to Man City uh, in a couple of weeks' time, 1st of March. Yeah. That's going to be difficult for them. So all this idea of them getting in, a much they're going to be struggled to get to uh, well, to get fifth really. Yeah, and their and their away form is pretty poor, which is well well documented. Um, Only three uh, wins. Yeah. Um, Conor Manetto, he's back, wheelchair back to his true form, flopping about on the ground like a fish out of water at the slightest touch. Will the pundits shut up about his improved form now? Um, no. 
Greg, let me come to you. <laughs> let, me, let me come to you first. And there, were, there was a moment at the end of the match um, involving Lamella. Yeah, I didn't see what actually. I didn't see if it was Lamella having a go at Wilshire or Wilshire having a go at, Le, at Lamella. I just saw Trips going into uh, to push back Wilshire. Um, I'd, I'd like to have seen the beginning of it. I, it appears that maybe it was the result of something that Lamella said earlier on, which apparently was "you fucking pussy." Yeah. Which to me says that Lamella's English is coming along very well. It certainly is. Um, uh, Wilshire, the pundits love Wilshire, don't they? And they hate Spurs. Nothing's going to change their minds. He's their golden little rat, isn't he? You know, he's. We know him for what he is, but the pundits like him. I, I can't actually understand why. I don't know what what the hook is to like him. I mean, if I if he was just a bloke in the street, I wouldn't like him. It's not because he, he plays for Arsenal. So, uh, you know. okay, I'm glad he said that because I, I don't get it either. Okay, now I've watched, and it's painful to say this, but over the last 28 years, I've watched um, various Arsenal teams. I've, I've, you know, I've watched the, the teams under George Graham, um, the, the solid back four, the, the likes of um, Bold, Adams, Dixon, um, Winterburn, and then obviously David Seaman, that unit, they were solid, that, that back four. Then you, yeah. then then the players that, that were playing further up the pitch, Ian Wright, um, Goal Machine, you've got... Then later on, when Wenger took over, and you think of the Invincibles teams, um, Patrick Vieira, Dennis Burkamp, Thierry Henry, I hated them. I hated those teams, I hated those players, right? But they were good. They were good teams. They, they were, and they were set up well. They were set up as, as, as units. They were good. That that back four was 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 you know, a really solid unit. They were good players. Good teams. Um, and all right, I, I'll even go go as far as saying I, I I admire some of those players because you know somebody like Dennis Bergkamp was a good footballer. Um, the the English yeah. the English players. Um, I could appreciate David Seaman when he when he played for England. Um, the Arsenal team at the moment are, apart from being very poor, um, which is great, that's that's fantastic as a, as a Spurs fan, um, they're full of vile individuals, ones which I just really find, you know, I just detest. And, and Wilshire epitomises that. He's just, he's a horrible person. He's a... He's a bad professional. I mean, you know, there's, there's been incidents of him staying, uh, going out to nightclubs and and, and smoking and, and whatnot. That's not the way that athletes, professional footballers, conduct themselves um, these days. Yeah, maybe in years gone by, you know, you got somebody like, for example, um, Aussie, Aussie, famously Aussie, Aussie liked to smoke a few fags a, a day. But that, that that was a that was a different a different era. Today footballers are supposed to be well tuned athletes. Um and his attitude stinks. And as a footballer, he's got chocolate ankles. Um I looked at him yesterday and I couldn't quite see what he did. What did he bring to the party? Um yeah he can drive the ball forward a, new, a little bit. Sorry? A new haircut. A new haircut, yeah, which looks hideous. Yeah. Um, I don't, D- David. Am I yes. missing something? Is there some? Is there any any qualities that he's got? Yes, I. Uh, I'm going to disagree with both of you. Actually, I, 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 in as much as 
I don't like him. I think he's an insidious little character at times. Um, he has a an attitude, and and he's quite happy. So certainly when it comes to Spurs thing to to stick two fingers up, but uh, he. I can't understand why suddenly he's not injured, why he's having this run of good games. And, and he, he, when he gets the ball, he can half spin it around. He didn't look that good yesterday. And I think that's because... Dan it was Bellin a good was shot. Having, yeah. It was what? I'll give him that. That was a good shot that he fired off. Yes, he did. Not much power. And, and in, all, in all honesty, uh, the save was one for the cameras. Um, a little bit. <laughs> he, he saw it coming. I mean, that's a good goalkeeping. He saw it coming. I mean, you could see from behind the goal that it could only go to that side. So he'd already put his weight that way and he made a nice save of it. But no, I I, I must admit, I'm I'm hoping he stays fit from from England's point of view, because I think he'll he'll go. If he stays fit, he'll go. And I think he'll be a, a great addition. I, I, I think he's got quite a lot about him, actually. Do you really think that? About, yeah, I do. I do. It's funny because I was going to come to this and thought we'll discuss, and I was saying I'll drop this in about Wiltshire because I know he. <laughs> we, no, I think actually is he's, he's performing quite well recently, which makes me scratch my head because down at Bournemouth, he was being benched down at Bournemouth, and yet he comes back to Arsenal, and here he is, the sort of a heartbeat at times of, of their midfield. But it's a poor Arsenal side. Mm. But no, I, I, I think he's got something about him. I mean, I don't sit here and say, oh, he's world class, you know. I won't say that, but I, I, he had a lovely little pass yesterday. Pass yesterday. Okay, um, so you're, you're England manager. You're England manager. Who do, who do you pick, Winks or um, Wilshire? Well, if he stays fit um, and he proves that he's not going to go halfway through the tournament injured, then I would choose Wilshire. But they are two different players. For a Wilshire, he will get those little balls threaded through to your front line players through the back line whereas Wicks he's a lad who will spin around the back keep the ball play it out get it again lay it out to each wing that's what he does but I, I, I see him a little more defensive than Wilshire so they are for me two different players but I understand the question I, as, you, as you asked it mine is I would take Wilshire at this moment OK sorry Brave man <laughs> sorry yeah I know I've got to get no look Back on it. The thing is that if you if you if you think an opposition player is good, there's nothing wrong with saying. I mean, um, Ian Wright, I respected him. He was a gooner, but I respected him. I, I like him now as a pundit as well. I mean, yeah. I love to watch his face when we when we beat Arsenal, but it's no different to Graham Roberts or Mickey Hazard or someone like that. You know, they they bleed Spurs, um, and he bleeds Arsenal. Yeah. But he was a bloody good player. Yeah. And as as Jav mentioned earlier on, Bergkamp, he was a bloody good player. I remember I remember when um, Cristiano Ronaldo was at Man United. I used to say, I know he plays for Man United, but I really like him because he was a bloody good player. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong. No? <laughs> whatever, ha- whatever happened to him? <laughs> It's just a shame it's Wilshire. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. I understand. Okay, let, let's let, enough discussing about their players. Yes. Um, <laughs> very briefly, we played Newport um, middle of the week. Um, Greg, your man Lamella. Yeah, yeah, my my man Lamella. He was back with a bang, wasn't he? It, it was the Sun and Coco show. That, and we've had the, we've had them before. I think it was Sun and Coco show before we've had. Mm. Um, 
I can't understand these people who hate Lamella. He's 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 got so much variety, he's, he's, and actually, I, I think he's got so much foresight. He's so really good at, at reading the game. I mean, I think it was I can't remember. I think it was Windy said something about another no look pass. I can't think of any other players who do that. You know, he quite often he. He's, it's like he's telepathic. He senses that somebody's in a certain position. He doesn't look up for them, and he passes it to them. I mean, I, I, you, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I love Lamella, um, but th- this game was great. This game was great because it it showed really well um, what what he and and Sonny were, were were made of. I mean, and again, it's a pity that they won the hat full of goals, but. Um, but as for the match, um, Newport started off brave like they did in the first match, but courage alone doesn't win matches. Um, Spurs have superior quality and it came through. Um, I'd like to mention Foyth. Mm-hmm. He's, he looks like a boy. He's like a defensive Tom Carroll. He looks too young and frail to be playing with the big boys. And quite often I see him I see him going into a tackle or something or, or an attacker coming onto him um, and think he's going to lose it. But he comes out of the tussle with the ball and then does something intelligent with it. Um, I, I think we might have another little gem there. Um, the other main thing I suppose I noticed, well, De- Delhi was Delhi. Was Delhi. He's coming back to, to his form. He was unlucky. He hit the crossbar in this game. That was unlucky. Um but Laurent, the guy can't even buy a goal, can he? Oh, no, no. Uh, I mean, I, when he came to us, I thought, and people were saying, well, why has he come to Tottenham? And I thought, well, maybe it's because he's getting on a bit, and when he when he retires, maybe he wants to go into managership or something. So maybe he wants to he wants to glean some in, some experience from Poch. Um, and for Swansea, he was putting the goals in. Yeah. But it happens to us, doesn't it? And so often it happens that we buy like the second striker, and they're not the second striker. Yeah. I mean, we're relying on Sun for goals. We're relying on Delhi for goals. I'm definitely relying on Harry for goals. But we, I think there's a question. There was a question later on about um, do we need to. Do we need to get anybody in the summer, and, and should we? I think this is the thing we still need. Uh, we need an, uh, a striker, but we need a striker who can strike, who isn't going to suddenly come to Tottenham and dry up. Who's the lad at Fenerbahce? His name escapes me. Ooh. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Young Dutch player. 20-something oh. or another. Oh, for goodness sake. Um... <laughs> Yes. Yeah, Lorente. Right. I know you're talking about. I can't remember his name. Janssen. Janssen, Vincent Janssen. Oh, you talk about Janssen. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's an Ajax player as well that that we're we're getting linked with. Surprise, surprise. Mm. Yes, our feeder club. Yeah. Well, them and PSG, isn't it? And Southampton. Yes. Um. I suppose with Wednesday, the the main thing was, you know, get through, job done, 
and didn't pick up any injuries. A few, few players like Foyth got got run out. Lamella, um, another ninety under his belt. Um, but Lorente, um, I, I don't know what to say because. I like the look of him. I was excited by the fact that we signed. Not excited, but yeah. I thought it was a good signing. Um, and, you know, he played well earlier in the season, Madrid away, but I don't subscribe to the view that he's had a minute here, a minute there. And obviously, you know, players, to make a sufficient impact, they need to have a run in the side, uh, a succession of games. I understand that. But the few minutes that he has had, I mean, that chance, he should have buried it. He should have buried it. Well, the thing is that you say a minute here, a minute there. That could be a valid reason for somebody coming up through the academy or something like that. Mm. This guy is an experienced professional and international. Had a world he cup winner. He should be so affected. Yeah, he, he should not be so affected by a minute here, a minute there. He's, he's supposedly got the skills, got the experience. I mean, I feel bad for him. I, feel bad for, I felt bad for Soldado. I feel bad for Janssen. But we can't afford passengers, so I'm I'm sure yeah. he's going in the summer. Yeah. Well, one of the problems is that the way we use him, we don't cross the ball. I mean, the two yeah. the, 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 for him, the cross for the goal yesterday was a ball that Rente would have loved, and and the one that Kane missed again. That was that early cross, and those are the goals that Rente were getting, where he arrived in the box bit late, just timed right, and he'd get his goal. But we're asking an awful lot of him to um, do a bit of hard yards, collecting the ball, showing, playing. And he, he's not good at that. He doesn't seem to be good at that. He All he wants to do is spin round the back, uh, let the ball go out wide, and then he'll arrive in the box when the ball does. That's what he wants to do. And it begs the question whether he's been sold a dud, really, of coming to the club when we don't play to his strengths. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's move on just very briefly. Um, so, having beaten Newport, we've got Rochdale in the last 16. Next Sunday, um, I'm assuming we all think that we should beat Rochdale in the in the 90, over the 90. Yeah, the pitch has been relayed, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're relaying the, the pitch. I mean, I'm really just... surprised about that. Um, I don't know because there was talk of the FA having a look at it, wasn't there? Oh yeah, that's what's happened. So, you well, know, it's not, it's not going to take, is it? We, we've seen that before. They laid a pitch. Days later, they play on it, and and it's like a carpet rolling up. You kick one edge of it, and you watch it roll like a cartoon. And and I've got the, you know, I, I'm worried about it. I'm really worried about this game. That this pitch is going to be unplayable. It might not be good, but it might be still a damn sight better than what they what yeah. they had originally. Um, I hope you're right. Playing at we uh, in the previous rounds against Newport. Um, I can't remember who who we had on the pod before we played them the first time, but I think we all everybody who was on the pod assumed that we would beat them and beat them um, without it going to replay. Um, we didn't. Is there any risk of Rochdale causing an upset? Maybe take getting a replay. Oh, I can see it. I can see it because Poch will will um, change the team again. Hmm. 
and I'm sure Lorenzi will play and all these players will ask to try and play against a team that's got at home nothing to lose etc throw everything at it and I can still see a, a, a draw again having to come back to, to uh, Wembley I nearly said White Hart Lane again then <laughs> back to Wembley um, and good on them again like uh, uh, Newport great yeah, you know, I mean, we, we don't want the extra game I know, but actually, I thought Newport uh, midweek ended up as a nice little training session for us and uh, game time for a lot of other players. So I, I don't think it was quite as negative as I feared it may have been, especially as the result well, yesterday. Well, I was really pleased for Newport. I mean, I wasn't pleased that we didn't win straight off. I was really pleased that they got the replay because they need the money. Yeah. I mean, this, this money is going to make so much difference for them. Um, if it comes to it, I'd rather beat Rochdale straight off. But if we don't, I'm not going to cry about it because I'm sure they need the money as well. These these small teams, they, they rely on on getting money from... I mean, the best draw for them, really, is an away draw, isn't there? Yes. The, the uh, FA have now blocked this idea of, of switching venues um, because... They don't, just don't want it. And, and yet, maybe the smaller clubs would take it. You know, if, if Spurs turned around and said, look, you're right, we're going to play at our ground and take half the takings there. And they would say, yeah, we'll have that. But the FA have blocked it now. Can't do it. Mm. Well, I, I, I hope the team would be something like it was against uh, Newport as well. Mm. I think Kane will start this one. Um simply because it's not a midweek a mid game and there's almost a good week between Juventus on Tuesday and 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 then um, Rochdale on, on, on the Sunday. I, I, th- I think I think it'll be still a fairly strong lineup, but there'll obviously there'll be one or two changes. I don't know if changes. Kane will play, though, because, because if, if the pitch is going to be dodgy, yeah. you don't want to risk him. I mean, Poch was talking about injuries, and he was saying not just injuries for Tottenham, mm. but injuries for Rochdale. Yes. And they're relaying the pitch... But if it doesn't make that much difference, you don't like in you. You don't want to let your prize stallion go running, running on a dodgy surface. You know. So you stick yeah. a you stick a donkey on it instead in the, in the shape of Lorente. Um, <laughs> um, um, uh, yeah, no, I, I I see the I see the logic in that. Um, I I think that I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah. The the, the pitch is going to have a big bearing on on, on team selections. I I only think that because it's the fifth round and we're that bit closer to a quarter final, just like last year um, when we played Fulham away, he played a strong team. And I'm, I wonder <coughs> wonder whether he'll do that. Or a strongish team. I don't know. Um, I, I hope it doesn't go to a replay. I really hope it doesn't. Um, just because fixture congestion, all of those things. Um, right, in the second half of the podcast, we'll discuss briefly um, Juventus and take a few more questions. Um, but before we do, Spurs ladies have been in action today at Chessant against Oxford. Um, here is Bex with this week's Spurs ladies update. Hello, everybody. It's Bex. And in the wonderful world of Spurs ladies, I have good news for this week. Spurs played today, they played Oxford and ran out 2-1 winners, which is always really nice to see. First goal was scored by Coral Jane Haynes, which was a rebound from a penalty. And the second goal was scored by Rhea Vise. Both goals, both first goals coming in the second half, despite Oxford scoring in the first half in the 25th minute. So the girls had a long time to hold on and fight back against that one goal down. The girls are unsurprisingly very happy about this on social media, were you to look at any time. 
given the current run of results, that means the ladies have slipped down to eighth in the table. But after today's result, I'm sure that will really, really push them. And we'll see how they come along next time. And that next match is on Thursday, the 22nd of February. It's at Chesson. It's a 7.30 kickoff against Watford ladies. So that would be really good. If people can get there and go see, then please do. That's it from me for this week. If anybody wants to ask anything, I am on Twitter at Bunches Bex. Cheers, thanks, bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Thank you, Bex. Um, right, just very briefly, once again, just to mention, um, on Friday the 2nd of March at um, Chessington, there is a Spurs Legends Night tonight um, with... Um, Ozzie dealers and David House will be um, the, the guests. Um, it's hosted by Crackers, Richard Cracknell. Um, if you're interested in attending, there are still some number of tickets available. Um, tickets are £25. Um, if you're interested, get in touch with Darren Sheen. His Twitter handle is at Chess Spur. Um... So we've got Juventus on Tuesday, um, first leg away from home. Um, we had a question around that from Richard Healy, who said, with Poch's history of fullback rotation, do you assume Rose and Uria will come in Tuesday? Uh, Richard just goes on to say, thought that, um, thoughts on the lineup for Juventus and in relation to yesterday just adds great atmosphere and performance um, Delhi best game in a while and Musa just wow what a performance <laughs> yes yeah, so did you know um, Juventus had the um, league game uh, brought forward <coughs> today um, they took it from Saturday their league did and, and allowed them to play it on Friday to give them an extra day to play us which I thought no, was real no, yeah yeah they, they, they pulled it forward um, they were playing away uh, at Fiorentina. Uh, they won 2 0. I've uh, got the bits here. Um, uh, Higuain scored uh, the second goal on the 86th yeah. minute. And interestingly enough, they only had one, Juventus only had one third possession in all that. And uh, yet they still come out 2 0 winners. So uh, read from that what you will. Mm. Um, but they look like a side that can defend well and, uh, and catch you on the break. But if I read into that correctly. Uh, Tough game, isn't it? It's going to be a tough game, and I, I, I agree. I think they will. Um, I think Poch will change both fullbacks. Why wouldn't he? He's he's done it with uh, Aurier because he's got that European experience. Um, I think he'll play him definitely, and I think um, I think Danny Rose will play as well. Um, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't surprise me to see Lamella's used to the Italian game. I can see him starting Lamella as yeah. well on Tuesday, and I hope so. Um, we'll see, uh, and maybe I don't know. See, Son always brings that pace, doesn't he? If you want to defend a little bit and catch him on the break, Son is your boy, and he, and he seems to be uh, one of those players you just can't leave on the bench. You've got to select him. I, I don't know how he'll select it, but it'll be a tough game. But I, I'm hoping to get a draw out of it. That's what I'd like to see us bring back. Yeah. I... <clears throat> The team, I think, is, is going to be quite a tough one to call. Um, I imagine Toby might come back in. Yeah. Because remember, I mean, remember when when um, Jan was out injured and he just came straight back into the team. I think I, I, Poch is definitely not worried about um, bringing 
that calibre of player straight back. And I, I think Toby could well play. Um, the fullbacks, yeah, I, I think possibly because Aurier is pretty quick and the pitch at Juventus is going to be much more suitable for him sprinting down than the pitch at Rochdale apparently is going to be. Um, Rose, probably. I, I think, yeah, I think he'll probably he'll probably rotate. Um, I don't know about the return leg because I don't think he might. I think he might look at the actual needs of that game as opposed to rotation in that game. So I, I don't know about the second game, but yeah, it could well be Aurea and um, and Rose. Lamella, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Well, you, you knew I would be. I, I t- I'm totally with you. I would love to see him play in that match because he he is he's coming back. Mm. He's coming back to real real form. Mm. Um, and we know his skills. We know his foresight. We know his reading of the game. His, his, his threading the needle passes. Um, Juventus are a strong team. They're a strong team like Real Madrid. Um, but I think I think overpowering Real Madrid in the way we did was a powerful message not only to other teams but to us um, I mean we got seven points out of nine against United Liverpool and Anfield uh, at Anfield and, and, the, and the Gooners and we shouldn't fear anybody now I I, I know it sounds crazy we could win the Champions League you know, we could win it. We, we mustn't think, oh, well, if we get to the quarterfinals, semifinals, whatever, we've done well. I think I think we could win it. No, I wouldn't put money on it, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's not... Incon- oh, we're more than capable. Not inconceivable. I mean, Chelsea won it a few years ago, and they weren't great at the time, and Liverpool won it a few years ago, and, and they weren't great either. Um, on Lamella, who would you drop then? Yeah, exactly. I I don't know. Whoever I guess the thing is he Poch sees him on the training ground, doesn't he? And he may yeah. decide uh, I'll give him a rest. Um, he may need it. Mm. And uh, but um, I mean he hasn't got to rest very much for for the Rochdale game, has he? No. Um, it's it's an it's an interesting selection um, situation he's got there. Um, he can bring out a fair few reserves for that, uh, or or fringe players, should we say? That's a better term for it. I think on on, so, La, on Lamella, I mean, we're all assuming Ericsson will start, okay? So, a few weeks ago, possibly when Delhi wasn't top of his game, I might, I might have at that point said Lamella ahead of Delhi. At the, at the moment, I'd say Delhi, although yesterday there were points where he did frustrate me. Like, again, I feel he sometimes keeps hold of the ball for too long and he doesn't pass early. Um Let's say the obvious one there for Sun, but this season I would I couldn't drop Sun the way he's playing, and I think his his pace he can get in, in behind their defence, um, yep. alongside Kane, who's obviously going to be a constant threat, a nuisance to, to that. He'll probably he'll probably do something that really catches unaware, like mm. have Ericsson, Lamella, and Mora. Well, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be very surprised. I mean, I, I like the option at the moment. I like. Has got Champions League experience. Yeah, true. Yep. I, I, I like the option of having Lamella on the bench, um, and and you know that that's and rather than sort of rushing him back back. No, sorry, I, I don't. I, 
it's there's no sentiment in football, I guess, and you, you've got you've got to make tough yeah. decisions, and and that's uh, what po- does not have sentiment. No, and that's what that's what Pochettino will, will do. But I just think it'd be hard pushed to, for example, say drop Son at this stage. Um, in terms of lineup, I think he will go. We'll go with Rose and Aria. Assuming Toby is fully match fit, then I think he will go with Toby either alongside. Um, Sanchez and and and, and Alvarez and go with a back three because I think they Juventus play with a back three, go like for like, and then that but that would mean somebody else further up the pitch would would miss out and then who who are we talking here? Are we talking about Dyer missing out, or are we talking about somebody even further up the pitch missing out? Or I think you might go for Toby, drop Sanchez, play with the back four, the rest of the team p- p- picks picks itself so Dyer and. Dembele in front, and then Son, Eriksson, Delhi, and Kane. But then you've got the option there for over the course of the match changing it and Dyer dropping back, and then you've got a back three if need be. Uh, that's what I'm going to go with. But yeah, it's very yeah. very difficult to second guess. Put um, Pochettino. How, how many people would have guessed that he would have gone with Lorente um, and Kane up front against Real um, away yeah, from home? Yeah. Um, no one I would have. I think that I think I really fancy us to get something out there. I think that um, if we can weather the storm and keep it tight for the first twenty minutes, then I think that will stand us in good, good stead and. Um, and then hopefully we can we can nick a goal and get some sort of result. If we if they score early, I can see them. Never mind parking the parking the bus. I think they will park a pr- procession of fiats and make it very difficult to to break down. Um, overall, I think over the, over the two legs, I really do fancy us to go through. Mm. Yeah, so do I. But, uh, so do I. Um, we shall see. Um, Right, finish off with a few questions from listeners. Um, at Lee Marston eighty one, what a month for f- what what a month for football? Did you think it would go this well? No, no, I I I hoped, but I didn't think we'd get the uh, seven from nine points. Um, it it's it's gone. I I thought United would hold us to a draw. Um, I knew Liverpool, after taking a 4-1 back, Klopp wouldn't take that, and I thought he'd come at us, and I thought we may struggle, and I would take a draw, as I'm, I'm sure a lot of Spurs supporters would have said the same thing, we'll take a draw. And we, we got a very good draw up there, despite the, uh, the fans calling us all cheats, or, or calling the team cheats. I've had two of my friends beside themselves over this one. Um, and, and giving Arsenal quite a, a, a panning yesterday. Uh over a short period when you looked at it as I say a few weeks ago I got a bit of a sweat especially Juventus but it's it's gone so sweet so sweet and here we are sitting in third place at the, as we speak obviously with once the games um, pan out we'll see where we are but we're right back in the mix so I loved it phenomenal play yeah I, I was kind of hoping for six points at a nine I I thought we were going to drop th- drop a point uh, three points at Liverpool, I didn't. I didn't think we were going to get the draw out of that, and we had to. We had to. Um, we had to not so much scrap for it, but we had to pull on our reserves of um, of strength and quality to get it. I mean, we did 
outplay them in the second half. But we could so easily have, have, have lost that. Um, Man United, I I thought yeah, maybe we might have got a draw against them, but I had a feeling we were going to beat them. You know, the two home games, I had a feeling we were going to win. But I was pleasantly surprised with Liverpool because, you know, as we always say, I would have taken a draw before the game. Um, so, whether, so whether was I surprised by February? I wasn't surprised, and it was better than I expected. I always, funny enough, fancy us against the better opposition. I always fancy us to raise our our, our game. I always get nervous about, um, you know, West Brom at home or. Palace away, which 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 will be the end of this month. But, yes, um, yes. We've, we've still got a little bit more of February left, and obviously Rochdale um, and the Ventus. But I, I I I thought that we would draw against United. Um, I thought that we could go to Anfield and get a win, um, and I fancied us to beat Woolwich. So that's seven points. Although if I'm if I'm that's an optimistic seven points, and like I said, I, I thought we could go to could go to Liverpool and, and, and get a win but it was resting on, on a lot, lot, lot of it if so I wasn't surprised that we beat United but I had us down to draw that one um, <clears throat> talking of Man United there is they are 1-0 down to Newcastle and there is only one minute of added on time left wow. to play well, they've played excellent they've played three minutes of the allocated four and what? the clock is wow. ticking Taken away. Um, okay, another one from Conor Manetto. Looking at our standing in the table and upcoming opponents in the cups, what are your predictions for the end of the season push? Um, top four. I think we'll get top four. Um, maybe one of the cups, and as I said before, maybe even the Champions League. Cool. But we don't know until it happens, do we? You know, <laughs> I mean, we don't look. This, we have crystal balls. We we have okay. a we have a chance. <laughs> we have a chance on that Champions League. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. Who else other than PSG would you fear? And there's oh. nobody really. Man City, but you know we could have the edge on them if we, if we get them in the draw. Um, you could get past Juventus. United, first. by so the way, we, United came very close to scoring right in the last few <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Don't get caught out like me last time, but I, I was too busy watching the game and forgot about the podcast for a second. Um, we, we, we have a dog's chance. We do. You always have to believe that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I wouldn't dismiss it. I wouldn't dismiss it. Like all these things, it's, it's, it's like, you know, is your name on it? And sometimes, like Chelsea, and they were dreadful, Chelsea were. Dreadful. It was an embarrassment almost when they took that title, but they won the Champions League. So, yeah, why not? I think um, you know the cups is always a lottery. I I, I really fancy us, fancy us to win the FA Cup. Um, just I don't know. I, 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 the last season that semi final um, defeat to Chelsea, um, I stayed in the ground. I just didn't get up from my seat, and I watched every Chelsea fan and Spurs fan leave that stadium, um, and I was still still sat there. And just felt deflated, and I just—I don't know—I just had this feeling that we'd be we'd be back there again, um, and 
and win it. I really hope so. Um, the European, who knows, Champions League. I think that certainly there's no pressure on us. Nobody expects us to to to, to do anything in the Champions League. There's no pressure on us whatsoever. Uh, if we go out to Juventus yeah, no. this round, I think even the most optimistic... Well, I don't, I don't think any Spurs fan will be too upset. I'm sure some will have a moan, but they're the ones that have a moan anyway, regardless. Um, the league... I certainly think we can finish third in the table. Yes, um, I do. I do now. And after... Chelsea, you... Chelsea failed. Chelsea are failing now. Liverpool are in and out of form. And yep. I just see Manchester United, which I put down for a loss. And they've struggled. Um, you never know, might have been catch them in the end. Well, with four points... They, they've got a lot... Well, just, 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 we're four points behind them. And if, if, yeah. they, if they'd won today with 11 games left, I would have said seven points is difficult it's a sort of um lead when we were trying to um when we were chasing Leicester and Chelsea the last two seasons um the only difference being that the pressure was a lot more in the, in those scenarios because we were chasing the team you know we were chasing the big prize and those teams were very consistent um united i think will they have obviously today and i think they will continue to drop a, a lot more points as will yeah. Chelsea and, and Chelsea and Liverpool and ultimately i think we will catch We'll we'll finish above Chelsea, Liverpool, and Arsenal, and finish at the very least third. Two weeks' time. United are at home to Chelsea, and Arsenal are at home to Man City. That's two weeks' time. And United have got City as well. Yeah, they have. uh, I know. I know. I know. We do. Then then the week after, the week after, Man City are at home to Chelsea. Hmm. So there are, um, and I could carry on if you you sort of start looking on these games. You suddenly realise, oh, hang on a minute. Manchester United the week after two weeks after that are at home to Liverpool so well, well we've got on paper of course slightly easier games but this one oh I lost you David oh sorry are you here oh, yeah lost you <laughs> you're back now yeah um, so though on paper they're easier games but there's no doubt these teams are now taking points off, off each other so um it's going to be it's going to be an interesting running, and, and, and a few weeks ago, I wasn't uh, I wasn't very uh, confident of getting top four. I have to say, but now I, I think third is by far on now. I really do, and and maybe even better. Yeah, I think second. The only thing is, United have been pretty much in that season in that position for for most of this season, and that doesn't necessarily mean or. But that's where they'll finish, or that they deserve to finish in that position. But that's where they've been consistently for the rest of the season. The, the table doesn't lie. Um, they're still four, they're still four points ahead of us. But I've got a little bit more hope after today's game. And I said earlier that they've got to play City, and so do we. But I don't fancy them to get anything against City at the Etihad. Um, whereas we're at home to City, and I think that we can. I think that would be a really good game, as you said earlier, and I think that there's there is no reason why we can't get something out of that game. Um, and yeah, their run in on paper isn't as good as ours on paper. Chelsea, I think we can we can get something. Um, it's looking good. Well, Chelsea are getting anyway, aren't they? I mean, the the wheels are, are coming off them as a club again. Yeah, I mean, Conte is just. Conte is just waiting there for his payoff now. Yes. So, 
Chelsea look to be in disarray with everything going on with Conte. They've also got European competition coming around soon. I know we have, but I think we're now better places for the club to deal with that, finally. You know, playing in the league, playing in Europe. Chelsea weren't in Europe last season. Um, they look weakened. Their squad looks weakened. Even though they've, a- they've added drink water, I don't know that that's improved them. Who, who's the other lad, the French lad they've had, added? I don't think he's improved them. Um, midfield player, Bakayoko? Um, yeah, no, he's awful. He's and, awful, Bakayoko. And and then Ross Barkley, who got injured um, recently. I don't think they've signed. Um, oh, Giroud. Okay, that's that's a really good. You know, they got rid of Batshui. Um, they've got the lads who looks decent loaned out at Swansea. Loaned, they've got yeah. rid of Batshui, who hardly got a look in. They got rid of Costa, who I, I can stand as a footballer, but you know he was he was when he when he was on form he he was an effective player for them um and they've got Giroud so they they've weakened their squad and then you look at Liverpool they've got Dick Van Dyke in defense and they don't look great even though they spent whatever it was 75 million on him and they've sold Coutinho and yeah they've got Salah Firmino Mane they've still got these fantastic players but they do ship goals they do look vulnerable, yeah, and and I think they will slip up as 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 we saw this season against Swansea, and then more recently, albeit in the cup against West Brom. Um, and I think coupled with that, we've got all of our players. We said, said it outside of the pods. We've got everybody now back fit and available. We've got that strength and depth. We've got that competition now for places. Um, yes. That can only be a good thing. Okay, final question. Another one from a. Harold Kane. Um, we don't. There he is. We, exactly. We don't have anyone to really fear. Therefore, do we need a major signing in the summer or pick up another under the radar bargain or two? Well, as, as I said earlier on, we still need the striker. We still need another striker um, who can actually score goals. Because. When Harry's not available, I mean, we're, we're lucky. We're really lucky that we have people like Son and Deli Alley and, and Ericsson who can pick up the tab and, and, and score goals. But we need a striker who can do it as well. Um, and we're in a really difficult position because Harry is so good. Is getting somebody who's not so much willing to be in his shadow, but is willing to accept that Harry is first choice. You know, yeah, you're not going to find him, are you? You're not going to find him. I mean, no, not not, a, no. not of a top. I mean, if we've gone for a, a Bamiyang, um, how? Well, he's not going to come, is he? A Bamiyang, he's not going to say. Well, no. no, and and it's very difficult. But I I, I think they'll look for something um, more in the sort of bargain basement. I think they'll look for a youngster, um, sort of hover around Europe and see what there is, because you might find yourself another Deli Ali. Uh, um, in that sort of frame, and marvellous that would be come off the bench, you know, get rest Harry Kane. Uh, we've got a couple of goals up, take Harry off, caught for an hour, bring the young lad on. Uh, and that, that would be, and if he could score goals as well, that would be marvellous. I can't see us getting, in a, certainly not in the striker position, mm. a top, top player. In, in a sense, we want somebody like um, Moussa Dembele, the Fulham player. And I'm talking about Moussa Dembele. Not of now, not however inflated he is. Um, I've been played for Celtic, but when he was at Fulham, somebody like that, presumably. Yes. 
Yes, yeah. he was. He, he was the one I would have would have gone for, mm. and I was disappointed. I don't know what went wrong with the deal. It, it all the rumour was that he was looking to be loaned back by um, his club, uh, but we wouldn't wouldn't have it. So that was probably a, a miss, miss on our part. But there we are. Um, isn't there a lad at, lad at Norwich? I don't know if he he, he plays the striker that we've been linked with. Um, name escapes me at the moment. Um, yeah, there is, isn't there? Uh, I watched him the other day. Uh, I wasn't over impressed with him. Mm. Um, I'm just going to put this into uh, Norwich City. Yeah, uh, I did watch him the other day. And I fucking remember his name. Uh, I can't either. Uh, my, my brain's gone dead. There's also the lad at Ajax. Madison. Madison. Madison that's that, it. That's it. Madison. Yeah, he. I, I. He looks interesting, but I'd like to see him a few more times. But I wasn't over impressed when I saw him the other day. But he's a busy player, that's for sure. A lot of energy, a lot of skill. Yeah, there's, there's also is it Clivert at Ajax? Yes, um, that's it's Clivert. Yeah, son yeah Clivert's son. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the one that's um, getting a lot of Europe no noticing at the moment. Right. So this is my wish list. Um, well, before I come to it, Ryan says, "Oh God, I can." Sessignol. Ryan, that's the lad, the lad at Fulham, Ryan. Yeah. Okay, dear old Ryan. Um, I'd quite like him at Spurs. Especially maybe Rose might go in well, the summer. Okay, well, so here's my thing. So I'd quite like him, but I don't want that, I don't want Ben Davis to go anywhere, right? Um, I think no, for, me. for me, he's a valued member of the squad. Um, whether that's um, a first choice, if there is anything uh, such a thing as a first choice left back, or certainly he's, he's a very good second choice one. To have in a squad, I, I don't really want to set, see Danny. Ro- if Danny Rose can stay stay clear of injuries, and he can start to show the form, I think we saw it, for example, on Boxing Day, ironically before he became injured again. If he can show the level of form that he showed prior to his injury a year ago um, against Sunderland, then I'd, I'd quite like to see him at the club. I, I really hope that that. He's been forgiven for um, what he says in the summer, and and I hope he's got a future. I mean, and if that's the case, and if he's still there, then it begs the question: Do we need? I mean, I'd like him, but do we need young Ryan? Or there's talk of young Ryan. I can't keep calling it. I've got. To, I've got to. If he does, if he does <laughs> sign for Spurs, I've got to get his bloody name right. Um, it's just my, my tongue just catches on. I just I just can't pronounce it. I I can, yeah. Sessing on. Sessing on. Oh, I can't, I can't do it. It's like sausages. Um, do you remember there was another player we had like that where where you couldn't help but mispronounce his name? Bentalab. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, but that was that was just more more mispronouncing his name rather than my my tongue actually gets stuck on. Um, there's talk of him becoming a sort of bail type in in terms of actually not playing fullback and moving towards being a winger. And there was some talk that Spurs should sign him now before before yes. he suddenly. Be- I mean, I I don't. I think part of me actually thinks, well, no. But what if he becomes a winger and we sign him as a winger and you still have Davis and um, Rose at the club? Anyway, I digress. Um, my my summer wish list in terms of signings um, would be a striker um, in the mould that we said, somebody like a Moussa Dembele at Fulham a few years ago, somebody young who can come in if we don't have that player coming through the ranks. But in this order, 
Pochettino to remain at the club. I think that's the, the biggest piece. Definitely, of, the biggest biggest piece yeah. of the jigsaw. There was um, talk about another contract as well. I heard um, yesterday they're talking about him signing another contract, an extension. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I take that. That's, that's the first thing. Second thing for all the players. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to stay for, for nobody to, to leave this summer um, you know Old Fowles are able to sign an extension and I think obviously if Pochettino stays that will go some way to helping that if we can win a trophy and qualify for the Champions League even better um, but if you had to push me I know it sounds crazy I know I've said it before but I really would like Gareth Bale at the club <laughs> I really would like just imagine imagine if you keep all those players you keep Lamella and you keep Alvarez and they're all fit and they're all available and throw in Moro and we, we you know he's a bit of an unknown quantity in a Spurs shirt um, but if he if he turns out to be a really good player and a, and a different um, something different to, to to what we've got in the squad and then you add Gareth Bale blimey that's 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 some squad. You know, and that, that it's also yeah. the sort of—I hate the phrase—but it's also the sort of marquee signing that lifts fans and and you know makes a real statement. Oh, absolutely would. Would I would have yeah, that I mean, point of view alone? I'd love it. Go ahead, Greg. No, I was just going to say. I mean, it, it's a fantasy, though, isn't it? I mean, it's the cost. It's the cost that will will prevent that. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see him back at White Hart Lane. I think everybody would, but we need to be a bit realistic as well. You know, we 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 just couldn't afford him. Just get rid of the chief room. <laughs> well, that'll fund it. Job jobs are good. And um, I, yeah. it just it struck me watching Kane um, on Match of the Day last night uh, this morning again, but. <clears throat> You know, a few years ago, when when we saw Gareth Bale, I mean, I don't know how you gents felt about it, but it, for me, it was it was one of those seminal moments as a Tottenham fan um, when you sell that big player, whether it's Hoddle or or Gazza or Lineker or or, or Klinsman or you know, Ginola, somebody that's a star player that goes um, that we can't keep. A bigger club um, comes calling. Um, and you start all over again, and, you, and it's a massive hole to fill. And then about you know a year or so later, after that horrible transition season when we had AVB and um, to begin with, and then Sherwood, Pochettino takes over, and then we know the rest with with, with Kane. But even in the early day, days of Kane, the question I remember w- 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 would come up on this pod and, and another podcast about you know whether you'd swap Kane for Bale and that sort of thing. The way that Kane has grown into stature over the last few years, I mean, he's he is he reminds me in many ways, although he's a different player. He reminds me of Gareth Bale, his development, you know, how when yeah. when, when when we signed Bale, his physique, what he looked like. Okay, he had lots of pace, um, and he still had that at the end, but his physique completely changed, and and so has Kane's yeah. as well as his his ability, his his hard work, um, his professionalism. And you know we're reaping the re- rewards of that, and and he's he's a talisman, he's a match winner, you know, not just for his goals, but just his presence. Um, and it's amazing to think that that I look at it now, and okay, as much as I'd like Gareth Bale, if we don't sign him, fine. Um, it, it is, yeah, it, it's a bit of fantasy. You're right, Greg, but we've got our own, sure. we've got our Should own we Gareth Bale as well. Um, 
I mean, Modric has been saying recently how he feels really bad about how things ended between Tottenham and him. I'd take him back, personally. Again, I, I know he's he's getting on a bit, but I'd still take him back if that were an option. Yeah, yeah. you can't play him and Ericsson, can you? Uh, you can't. He, he could play further deep, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But then what, what happens, what of, then what, what happens to, to, say, somebody like Winks in this? Well, I suppose you, they're still... It would actually you arguably could help Winks' development playing alongside Modric. I mean, imagine having somebody like that, a winner, uh, a three-times Champions League winner um, in your dressing room. Yeah. No, I understand. But we, we've moved on now, Javid. Mm. We've moved on. Yeah. We have. We have. Yeah. Um, right, the next next podcast will probably almost certainly be, it's not confirmed, but it'll probably almost certainly be um, next Sunday, pretty much straight after the Rochdale game. Um, short of me finding a ticket to go to Rochdale, um, I think it's very unlikely at this stage. Um, the next podcast will be recorded Sunday evening. Um no idea who my guests are. That shall be t- to be confirmed. Um, until then, thank you, David. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Thanks, thank you, Greg. Oh, you're welcome. I've enjoyed it as usual. Thank you. And until next Sunday, the future's bright. The future's clearly white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the base are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's at its low tonight. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen. Pull on that lily white and run on to that green. Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.